Welcome to the Newscape Higher Ed Podcast, featuring your hosts, Don Betts and Mark Stansberry. This podcast is brought to you by Newscape Higher Ed Advisors, helping university leaders effectively serve their faculty, staff, students, and community. Visit newscape.us to find out more. Welcome to another episode of Newscape Higher Ed Advisors. I'm Mark Stansbury. Yes, hello, and I'm Don Betts. Don, uh, please introduce our featured guest today. Well, thank you, Mark, and it's really good to be back together with you, Mark, and getting a chance to hear at the end of uh, of another university uh, calendar semester to be able to talk about issues of education and et cetera. But I was thinking um, just the other day after our conversation, Mark, that, that we have spent the last several years focusing on issues of import. Um, running from creativity, imagination, collaboration, communication. We talked a great deal about uh, the varying aspects of leadership, the role of ethics and integrity, et cetera, and about the complexities of navigating change. And, and anyway, throughout all of that, including all of the burdens and hardships and challenges of COVID, the COVID passage, one dimension I keep coming back to, and that is the absolute importance and centrality of of thought leaders, uh, individuals that we have, um, whether they're friends or in our community or in our country, uh, who are able to do the important work of converting ideas, first having ideas, and then converting ideas into action that really positively impact uh, individuals, et cetera, and can really help a community find its way when the challenges might be fairly significant. and. When I think about that, Mark, I think about uh, an interview that we had almost two years ago here on Newscape. We were in the early months of COVID. We knew we were all locked down and the world seemed to be swirling in ways that was unpredictable and quite dangerous. And at that point, we invited um, Nick Hathaway to join us. And I just want to say a couple of things about Nick before we actually bring him on. Nick, many of you who may have listened in the past, Mick has an, an incredibly rich history of service and leadership. The work that he did for 24 years, for example, uh, at the University of Oklahoma, where he carried about the highest titles that you can at the institution outside of being called president, including executive vice president, head of administration and finance vice president for strategic planning. Uh, he led a number of institution-wide projects that focused on student success, um, data science, the whole area of analytics, um, community initiatives, international partnerships, and research and strategic planning. So you can see the gamut runs wide. But, but the reason we had Nick on at that time is because Nick really is and has been throughout the career that I've watched, has been a thought leader in our, in our state and beyond. And, and I think in the last couple of years, Nick has taken that uh, even into new areas and significant developments have occurred. So for those of you that might have listened to our broadcast in the past, it's a pleasure for me uh, to introduce to you a Nick Hathaway, um, a really dynamic and visionary leader. And I, I'm going to ask him to talk a little bit about the world and his life and particularly his initiatives in the last couple of years. So with that relatively long introduction. Nick, I'm just so pleased to have you back on Newscape. Thank you so much, Don. Don and Mark, it's so exciting to be here and uh, 
in terms of as your reference to owning, uh, you know, putting ideas into action. And I, I think I'm constantly trying to hone my skills in that regard. Sometimes I, I some days I don't think I'm very good at it, but, uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, all of us that are in, in higher education, I think in, or in any profession, really, you wind up, you know, finding people that you, you know, observe and, and watch and, you know, almost in a, in a, you know, kind of, uh, mentoring kind of situation or identify people who are basically mentors. And I've always felt that that way about you and you and Mark really in terms of watching your accomplishments and everything that you've achieved in your careers. And then also reflecting on, on these excellent podcasts. And so it's exciting to, to be back and, and I'm really looking forward to the conversation. I think it was in 2018. If I got the dates wrong, you'll correct me. But I think it was in 2018 that, you first talked with me and others about something that eventually molded and shaped it and sculpted into something we now call eLocker. And uh, there was some work going on at the University of Central Oklahoma uh, in the whole area of, stu of student transformative learning, et cetera, with Jeff King and others that we all good friends with, et cetera. And it was out of those early conversations that I watched you take this, and I'm going to call it um, either a piece of granite or a lump of clay. And, and began and began to began to carve it to where you saw the image in the clay. And uh, I, I would love for you to to refresh our memories about eLocker and then give us an update if you can. Sure, just a, a quick re quick refresher. Um, you mentioned my experience at the University of Oklahoma, and I think during that experience and really the parts of that experience that were focused on student success. Um, really taught me and uh, perhaps colleagues there in data science helped teach me um, to appreciate really the power of data and how you can gain insights from data that you otherwise probably would never be able to um, fathom. You wouldn't arrive there without it. And so, um, you know, focusing those kinds of thoughts on education just really was exciting. Um, there are a variety of different ways at the University of Oklahoma that we were able to use learner data that was available to us in order to enhance the student experience, whether it was connecting them with summer classes or uh, financial support, even roommate matching is really a data challenge. You know, if you look at all of the data, you know, um, elements that perhaps a a dating service would use to connect people. I mean, uh, when you're ro matching roommates, um, it's got some of those same elements. And it's um, and we found that we were able to improve that process, uh, incre increase roommate satisfaction through a more rigorous process. But that, you know, just one example, you know, we also increased the amount of scholarship dollars going out to students um, because we were able to play matchmaker with the data that we have had available. And so all of that sort of, you know, deepened thoughts that were already, you know, going around my head about, you know, as educators, we, we, you know, thoroughly appreciate the essence of education, which is one person guiding another, one person teaching another, um, one person sort of leading someone down a path of knowledge so that they're at a, at a, at a brighter place at the end of that process. There's definitely an essential humanity to education, but what I would think in, in a lot of my thought and a lot of my professional life is directed towards the idea, you know, aviation has always involved two wings, but when you think about it, the cockpit has changed dramatically. And I think when you think about education, um, you know, you still have that essence of the wings, the humans, you know, the, the teacher and the student, 
But the cockpit has remained so much the same, even as the world around us has become so much more dynamic. And so a lot of what I'm focused on is giving educators and giving learners a much, much more highly developed, um, higher service cockpit in which to navigate the future of their life. Well, I think that is that is a terrific analogy. And it reminds us that um, that you don't stop the learning process, whether you're a student um, or a, a faculty member or a president or a regent, et cetera, that you are have a responsibility to pursue new knowledge virtually at every turn. But uh, uh, Nick, do you find that when you when you employ the power of this data, when you begin to use data driven decisions, have you seen among uh, institutions a resistance to use that data, or let me put it this way, an unfamiliarity to know how to apply that data in terms of good decision making? For sure, you know, and I, I may have referenced this before, but I think um, you know there's definitely a huge calling for data in education and in higher education that is applied almost as if it's, you know, the way that data would be applied to public health. In other words, we evaluate institutions and we evaluate programs through data. Um, and that's great. You know, that's, that's, you know, something that's, that has its, has its place. But I think what's been left behind in that particular emphasis on the application of data is the opportunity to empower individuals with their own data so that um, parents and learners uh, can really engage in discovering the ideal future in their own life as informed by that data. That data can give insights at the individual level towards future decision-making, the same that it informs decisions at the institutional level. And I really think as we think about the world now, and you mentioned COVID and it's been extremely disruptive, but even without COVID, the world is moving at a, at a rapid pace. Innovative disruption is across the landscape of industries and jobs and, and people's lives are being disrupted in their careers, disrupted in a way that's never happened before. As, as educators, we've always sort of romantically embraced the notion of lifelong learning. Um, but in truth, the life, the world that most of us have lived in most of our lives is one where people get an education credential at the very beginning of their life or near the beginning of their life, somewhere between age 25 or less. And you gain these credentials and then they serve you the rest of your life. And, and you know, with some lament, you know, I look at a world that really isn't that way anymore when you look at the innovative pace of change. It, the truth of it is that, you know, we can't just say lifelong learning is just this romantic, you know, notion anymore. Lifelong learning is now a necessity because people will need to be trained and retrained and, and, um, and, 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 and gain credentials throughout their life in order to maintain the kinds of, you know, um, um, careers that, that were previously served by a credential earned sometime before the age of 25. And thank you, Nick. Welcome back to Newscape. Uh, really appreciate all your efforts through the years and uh, especially what you're planning for the future now and into the future. Uh, you're not only a, a thought leader, but action leader. And, you know, it's one thing to be uh, thinking about the innovation, the technology, the future and all that, but not to implement it. 
doesn't help any of us, but you're doing that. You, you, you do that in so many areas. And we appreciate, again, all the leadership that you provide our state and our nation and internationally as well. And on the international component, what is the international uh, outreach that you have or will have with eLocker? Well, again, um, I think, you know, there's a lot of, of life that um, we all benefit from learning from others. And when I think about trying to apply some of these data-driven strategies and education in the United States um, to make our nation stronger, um, I wind up having conversations with professionals around the world where it's clear that, that um, in a number of other nations, they have gone much farther, much faster than the United States in these areas to the benefit of the learners that they serve, whether it's Australia or Italy, Canada, United Kingdom, I could go on south, the large parts of Southeast Asia um, are are using these concepts and um, and 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 learners are benefiting from these concepts and so um, yes it, it, these 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 strategies you know whether it's a, um, a comprehensive learner record uh, which is basically a uh, repository for all of your skills and education data and or um, you know you hear a lot of conversations about um, skills wallets or credential wallets. All of those are technologies and strategies that um, really are unbound by national borders. They're, they're the kinds of things that are going to be impacting everyone across the world and for the better. Um, I, I'm firmly convinced. Are you seeing from uh, the board perspective, uh, as far as that goes, the presidents at the universities, are they uh, embracing this uh, or what are the, the challenges for you? Uh, to move this forward? I think the challenges are always, um, you know, in innovation, there's there's the fear of the unknown or just the fear of change. Um, obviously, whenever you're talking about something as sensitive as learner data, you know, privacy or, or data security are top of mind as they should be. I think that um, the truth of it, when you drill into that, those those are concerns that are addressed by the technologies that are active in the market. But nonetheless, that is a hurdle that can be a challenge for certain leaders to, to get past in, in terms of embracing um, these strategies. The other would be the siloing data. Um, so easy for um, data, data to get siloed within different proprietary systems and sometimes within different institutions, maybe sometimes also within differing state institutions. Um, and so you break up all the data, you make it particularly hard for learners or parents or others to access uh, for their own benefit. And, and those are those are those are some of the some of the foremost challenges. The other, I think the biggest thing that could really um, get these um, strategies to go farther and faster is really um, some of the tools that we've developed um, like one that's focused on futures. We have one that's called Oklahoma Futures. But when you think about one of the most mesmerizingly complex uh, uh, moments that happens in anyone's life, it's when they are sort of, they're left to contemplate, how is it that my skills, how is it that my essence, how is it that my education applies to the great world beyond? So often, as we think about the working world, we're thinking, you know, we, we've got a very simplified understanding of what the working world is. You know, it's we're not quite as bad as thinking that it's fireman, policeman, accountant, lawyer, but pretty close, you know. And so um, 
this is a place where digital tools, computers, other things can really enhance someone's understanding of how their unique talents, their individual skills, their learning styles can find the ideal opportunities for them in the world. That is, a, and so that uh, product, that strategy that that we're developing, um, Oklahoma Futures, in the case of Oklahoma, it helps someone really sort of explore the complexity of that moment and shine a bright light on either the educational opportunities or the employment opportunities that are available to them in their community. And you might say, some people might say, well, you know, so what? Well, I would say it's actually that world of opportunity is something that I think all of us, every single one of us could really benefit from having a shining bright light shown on those because there are just so many opportunities in this world for people to find life and job satisfaction. And the truth is, I think very few of us know, um, you know, all of the opportunities that that are out there. And so um, that's we're really working on on really uh, capitalizing on that energy of that moment and helping people solve that in a better, more exacting way. Nick, it's just such a rich harvest with you every time we get a chance to speak. I'm listening to you and thinking about the. Um, those that are seeking education now that it's not higher education, whatever form uh, it's not limited to someone that just graduated from high school. And we both know that I have grandsons and other people have children, et cetera, that they manipulate uh, technology and data uh, like uh, they were born with it. And there is a segment of society that is not um, old enough to step away uh, and say, I'm pretty well finished with, my quote, working uh, life. Uh, and yet they're not um, immersed by definition into the world of technology slash data. How, in what ways can, can society and can education, whatever form it's delivered, bring this important group into um, not just an appreciation of what you've just said, but to, with a set of, of skills and the kinds of confidence that comes from being able to make a difference in that world, which is data-driven as opposed to um, driven by an individual's ability to work hard for eight or 10 hours a day? Yeah, I think that's that's a really great question. I, I appreciate that. I think the key is that, you know, never uh, don't lead with the the complexity of the data sets and with the with the data. I think um, one of the that uh, that approach that I've talked about, the futures approach, really engages people with short, engaging videos, five minutes or less. That um, in consuming them and maybe answering a few multiple questions along uh, multiple choice questions along the way, they're effortlessly and hopefully even in a in an entertained kind of way accumulating. Um, a data set, um, in, in other words, their answers to the various questions that are at that, and even, even a data set that simple can be something that launches um, additional opportunity, the presentation of additional materials or opportunities. And so I think it's something that is best, you know, in terms of reaching a broad audience, um, you know, just reaching people with um, really simple, engaging, entertaining kinds of experiences that that almost effortlessly help them accumulate the kind of um, of insights from their from their data that uh, that would really benefit and advance their lives. I guess a part of um, a response to what you said earlier about the fear of the unknown make don't make it unknown, make it known, and then they don't have to be fearful. I, I think it's an empowering, exciting idea. Um, it, it it may be a bit um, 
not in our in our culture to date where people think of it this way. But um, but there's no need to tackle the challenge of the the depth of understanding of of the power of what's being developed. I think really just the promise of helping people solve what is an enormously challenging problem, which is, you know, uh, even taking, you know, uh, I always reflect on some of my experiences with my own children and helping them find their place in the world, obviously in that role of a, of a father, you're, you're, it's not that different from being the role of, a, of an advisor in, in a, in an educational institution. And so you're trying to, you know, the skills, I know the skills of my daughter, I know her interests and, and she would say something like, well, I really, would love to to make an impact in the in the healthcare uh, industry, and so then you know not having any of that experience myself in that industry, you're left with a I'm left, um, and perhaps others would do better than I do, but um, you're left with nurse, doctor, dentist, you know, uh, radiologist. You can do a few things, but but the world of you know the healthcare industry is is mesmerizingly complex there's the nexus of health and food there's the nexus of health and architecture there's a nexus all of that is lost right and um, in our own brains but whereas in in using using your your learner decor, uh, learner records or your own sort of skill insights from your own skills then you can you can um, you know illuminate some of these possibilities that that may be beyond um, uh, our own simple comprehension of the working world and educational world. When you take your ideas out um, and you encounter those that may or may not be familiar with the ideas, I would like I would like Nick's interpretation of how your ideas are received. And the second part of my question is, uh, what projects do you have on the horizon that complement and connect with this vision that you've articulated over the last 20 some minutes? The ideas are, are, are often received um, with excitement, I think. Um, but uh, that excitement and translating it into action, um, as almost you referenced at the very beginning, are two different things, right? Um, in order to get to the point of action, you really need to focus on um, institutional interest or um, uh, perhaps state interest or even national interest or um, getting back to strategies like Oklahoma Futures, um, the interests of the individual. And really only until you can um, convince um, whatever the ruling body, uh, of course, in the, in the case of an individual, it's just convincing the individual. But other than that, you've got to, uh, to not only reach the person who is excited at hearing the ideas, but you need to reach the, um, the the governing body of whatever that is. And so um, there's no doubt that uh, innovation and education is a challenging enterprise, but I'm excited by the progress that we've made over the last couple of years. I'm excited that the momentum seems to be increasing towards these uh, towards these thoughts and ideas. And, um, and if I had to say, I'd say the area where it is increasing with the greatest uh, momentum. It is with the with the individuals, with approaches like, like Oklahoma Futures, where we are helping people solve a really, really important problem to solve, and in and helping them in a way that has a big impact in terms of life satisfaction and job satisfaction. Simply casting out uh, over the horizon here, what projects, project or projects are you beginning to undertake? You're thinking about where are the next steps for Nick Hathaway? Yeah, well, thank you. There's, um, you know, 
when you start to think about it as as I do, the opportunities for the accumulation of data are are really everywhere. And so one of the one of the projects, in addition to those that I've mentioned, um, that I'm I'm really excited about is uh, I'm a huge proponent of micro credentials. Um, if you're someone like that believes as I do in the lifelong learning, and that increasingly people will need to return to some level of education or skills training throughout their life. The logical way to do that is through micro-credentials. And so, um, again, sort of staying in that notion of serving someone throughout their life, um, you know, I think that the best way to serve someone in in such a, you know, diverse number of settings is through uh, online asynchronous learning. And so there's a project that I'm involved in now that is trying to build what would be the model asynchronous class of the future which would then yield a micro-credential. And I think it's very exciting because when you think about the opportunities in that space, um, there's just a, there's a lot of opportunity. And I think replicating some of what has been lost in the, in the educational system to date, i.e. Uh, the importance of apprenticeships, um, I, I just think it's kind of exciting that in the online space, you can do some things in terms of online projects and online connections with employment that you can almost um, replicate the power of apprenticeships within a learning experience, within a class. And so I'm very excited about that. Nick, how does someone get in touch with you and and your organization? Uh, By website, by uh, emails, what's the best way? Yeah, we have got a a website at at elocker, E-L-O-C-K-E-R.org. And um, there's a place there to reach out and connect us. and, And I've been excited to start a a great number of conversations that way where we've been able to introduce people to these concepts and also to, um, you know, strategies like Oklahoma futures and others. And um, so, yeah, that, that'd be great. And I always love hearing from people. Thank you, Nick, so much. Nick Hathaway for being on Newscape Higher Ed Advisors. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes of Newscape Higher Ed Advisors. Thanks for joining us for the conversation. Make sure to visit our website at newscape.us. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. 